What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Certified Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Kate McCormack, and today's special guest is... Me! (laughs) (laughs) If y'all didn't realize, that would be Mr. Colt McCormack, Mr. Certified Ranch Podcast. What's up, guys? So... We are recording on a new soundboard. I get to be the test dummy. Yeah, so it's just us. Uh, What am I trying to get at here? Oh, we're just trying to test this thing out. Like right now, I sound stupid in my ears, so... You sound stupid in your ears normally, so this (laughs) isn't nothing new. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Oh, damn it. Oh, no, bitch. You're an idiot. (laughs) Uh, anyway i have a new soundboard and i think it sounds really good but i sound like in my ears that i'm in a tunnel and i don't understand i think you're just not used to something nicer than what you had yeah this is like top-notch fucking rolls royce of the podcast soundboards thanks to all of my homies that have helped out with this thing, donations. I need to get a list together for the end of this for shout outs. For sure. Yep. Um, and I will say thank you. But I, right away, I'm going to say a big thanks to Chris Hadley. Hadley's uh, Field Service. He donated $350 towards this soundboard. Insane. Shout out, Chris. That's my boy. <laughs> Um, anyway, so this is just a mess around episode, I guess, which seems like all of my episodes lately are mess around. Uh, what do you think? I think we're going to answer some questions too. We put a poll out on our Instagrams, kind of ask the boss, uh, questions that maybe I might be able to answer for people that want to know the different sides of my little world that I revolve in. Since revolving, I know. Since I don't get to share too much all the time. Why are you talking so quiet? I'm just talking. Do you want me to talk like my normal Italian voice? You normally get mad at me about that. No thanks. Okay. Uh, If you guys don't know me, best episodes to go back and listen to is on the Certified Wrench podcast on the trailer, but it's also episode. Eight. Yeah, you're good. My mom's lucky number. <laughs> uh, that can give you some guys some background on me, but there's also a really good Sweat and Grime pot podcast, right? Sweat yeah. and Grime, yeah. Episode 21. There you go, yeah. Also a very good podcast that I did an interview with and can give you a little bit of back history on me, but I guess I could do a Spark Notes version for people if they want. Well, we just kind of put out a poll yesterday, which nobody answered, so apparently well, they don't like you. Well, I'm not as active on my social media as you are, so I think that kind of makes it hard for people to interact with me because I am the worst about it. Um, one question that I'm going to get out of the way real quick is... Steven, my so-called work wife. (laughs) He called you out. (laughs) Yeah, he said I'm what I hard on him. Giggity. Let me me grab the exact question that he asked. He said, Why is he such a hard ass when Tom is gone? (laughs) Tom is my boss. (laughs) I'm in charge when Tom is gone. Well, Steven, 
the reason why I'm such a hard ass is because you fuck around too much. <laughs> fuck around and find out. Fuck around. <laughs> uh, before we get too far, though, I'll give you kind of my background. Um, I grew up in the agriculture industry. Um, grew up around a lot of rice farming, almond farming. Almond and um grew up with horses did all that kind of stuff went to college um i originally went to college to be a veterinarian and quickly realized that that was not what i wanted to do after i took a biology class that kind of kicked my ass um after that i switched my major and i went into livestock business management with a specialization in equine and cattle and a minor in pre-law my goal was to actually go to law school when I got done at Fresno State, go Bulldogs. And I quickly realized after I graduated that I was in no position to take on over $100,000 worth of debt. I had no job. Um, I was living at my parents' house. <laughs> like, I was in no position to do that. So I... Yawn. I got a job working at the John Deere dealership. My ex-boyfriend at the time hooked me up at that. Um, I worked as a service writer, I guess was the technical term for it. Essentially, I was the low man on the totem pole in the shop, and I did everyone's work orders. After that, I moved. Moved. I moved. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I moved (laughs) locations multiple times within that dealership. I then went and worked in parts for a little bit, and then I worked in the warranty department. And then you and I picked up our things, and we moved all the way out here to Texas, where... If you guys are wondering, I definitely dipped my pen in the company ink. Yeah, I was his boss for a short blip of time, but I was not his favorite boss either. Most of the time, he was telling me to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we moved out here to Texas... And I got a job as a PM manager, I guess. Preventative maintenance. Yeah, so I did that. That was like, what, short-lived? Like six months, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, six months. I don't know your life. (laughs) Six months, and then I got moved up to a service manager role within the John Deere dealership here for construction. Um, Did that for almost three years. Uh, parted ways with John Deere, and I now work at Caterpillar as essentially a service manager in the field. That was one of the questions. What? Why did you part ways with John Deere? Yes. Uh, I think, right? Yeah. Shout out to Diesel Mechanic 1990. Uh, his exact question was, what was the final straw for leaving the Deere dealership? So... Again, if you've kind of listened to the past episodes, you'll kind of get to hear it. But I figured, you know, why not? We'll delve into it a little more. Um, I did not willingly choose to leave the John Deere dealership. It's my fault. Um, My husband, my lovely husband over here, (laughs) he decided that he was tired of management. Um... And that he didn't agree with a lot of the political, because let's be real here, there's always political things happening with inside a dealership. So so what she means by that, too, is the buddy-buddy system. 
of the managers. Who can suck dick the best. Yes. Um, and why they're still in roles, who knows? Yes. So I guess to give it a better um, viewpoint of it, there are three dealership locations within the north northern Texas area here. And I was over one dealership location. Colton was at another one. So we were not in any way, shape or form working together. That's the only way we really got away with this because I couldn't have been a field service manager and him be a field technician if he was listed as a technician under me. Um, I understand why Colton did what he did. I am always going to support him in his own personal career growth. I think I want him to excel within himself and do best for himself. And at that time, it was very apparent that where he was at in his career, he was probably considered one of the top technicians within that field tech group. Who's the bad bitch? (laughs) And he was no longer being allowed to grow. Um, His managers that were in place, he had expressed to them like, hey, I don't want to turn wrenches my whole entire life. This is kind of what I'd like to do with my career. I'd like to be potentially a trainer because that dealership did have a lot of trainers that would go around and teach specific classes. Um, And that was something that he felt would be really beneficial. And so he was kind of telling them like, hey, I don't want to turn wrenches my whole life. How do I get on to the next step? Well, in pretty direct terms, he was told by his manager you're too valuable to me in a field tech for me to eat or in a field tech in a field truck Giggity. i know in a field truck for me to even consider that opportunity so pretty much get it out of your mind um i was also told that by a large manager yeah a general company. manager too mm-hmm. yeah which is he kind of just laughed at my face like <laughs> that's even more disappointing um so of course we had a lot of discussions about it um you left once before because you were missing the ag side and you really wanted to go back and you quickly realized within like a month that the grass was not exactly greener over there but (laughs) so you came back quickly with your tail between your legs and your boss at the time was so excited to have you back. So why are you, why are you yelling into the I'm, microphone? You, I'm, you said I was too quiet. Now I'm too loud. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I came back though, and I really hit the ground running with the construction side. Though that's when I really dug deep into training and stuff, and wanted to learn the machines because I actually found out I really enjoyed it. And it also helped that your service manager, field service side of it, that you had at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to him. I work with him now at Caterpillar. But he really pushed you outside of your comfort zone. Like he told you when you came back, I'm going to push you and I'm going to push you hard. And I really think that's what helped you latch back in and really go. Because after that, you were fully driven. It was 100%. You were, let's go. Um, so when he, going back, when he expressed to them, hey, you know, I want to grow. And they kind of shut him down. We had some discussions about, well, what does growth look like somewhere else or with a different company? Well, and what really pushed me out towards the end was the almighty spicy cough. And how things were being handled. You know, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to get sent home. Like, kiss my ass. I got COVID with a mask on. I mean, you're... 
I understand your That's side of it. I also thing, but... understand it as a yeah, field service covering, manager. Covering their asses. Yes. But still, it was just ridiculous. And then their hours were getting cut. Hours were just... getting cut, but the work was there. And that yeah. for me as being a field service manager and being able to see what the workload was, it was very frustrating to watch us cutting a lot of guys hours to 40 hours when we had the workload at that time to run 50 to 60 hours a week but we were cutting to 40 because we were using COVID as an excuse it felt like but sorry i keep cutting you off you're fine so he turned in his resignation um he met with the general manager and the manager of that location at the time and said hey I'm leaving. This is my resignation. Um, I think you were pretty honest with them and told them because they asked you, didn't they? Like, hey, what's your future? Like, what does your future look like for you? <laughs> Would you like me to just play it out? <laughs> yeah. So where are you going? Oh, I'm going over here. Well, are they giving you more money? Well, yeah, they're going to give me three more bucks an hour. Nice job. Sorry. Um, well, the best we can do is a dollar fifty. Well, there's your answer. What's your ultimate plan? Well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going <laughs> to, you just spilled water all over yourself, Did I? I think. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go over here and basically going to work and buy my own truck and go out on my own. Well, there's the red flags. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, that wasn't your fault either. I mean, you've always been able to have open, honest conversations with these individuals and I I think that your conversations were truly just, hey, you know, at some point, yeah, I'd like to. I mean, you didn't say like in the next year or two. It's not like you were like, in the next year, I'm going to get my own truck. Yeah, I'm going to go buy my own truck and I'm stealing all of your customers right, yeah, right now. Which, I mean, so it quickly spiraled from there. Um, he left. He went to a different dealership and started no, to work for them i didn't go to a dealer different dealership i went to work for a private construction that's right you went to a private I sorry worked there for two weeks because the day i moved my tools in <laughs> i knew i fucked up they screwed you over yeah too. they yeah. lied so bad to get me over there it was insane yeah but um so it quickly became apparent that the dynamics had shifted with where i worked um I had never once in the over three years I had worked there, I'd never had a write-up, I'd never had a verbal, I'd never had anything. Um, I turned out the most money dollar-wise for that location. Um, I actually got the most money warranty-wise for that location, and that was just because I knew how to play the warranty game from working in warranty. Um, so I made the most money. Um I never had issues with my team. I had one, but that was, we got those issues worked out. And that was just because there was some personal things going on in that world. Um, but um. <laughs> I was trying to think. And it, it quickly went downhill. Um, probably about a month and a half after you'd left, I got pulled into the office. And I had had the, I guess, what he be for northern texas he would be like the overall for northern texas i think it was i don't know i don't i don't know what his technical term would be at this point in time but i had him i had my field service manager and then i had my location manager oh, pull me yeah. into an office and i had the gentleman who was over the north texas construction side like yell in my face that if i didn't want to fucking be there i didn't need to be there and i 
I was so dumbfounded. Like I, I just, I didn't know what to say because I had been pretty much blindsided, pulled into this office and just, I mean, yelled at for a solid 30 minutes. Like I walked out and I was in tears crying because I was so confused. Um, and that's probably when I should have known that things were going south and going south quickly. And leading up to this, we had had conversations here within the home that I had expressed that maybe I should look for a different job because I was kind of struggling with the politic, the politics that were happening. Well, the writing was on the walls for sure. But. Yeah. Um, but I really tried to stick it out because I loved my team that I worked with. Um, my coworker that I worked with, we had a really good, strong team. Um, I loved my coworkers. I had really good coworkers, uh, minus one or two, but that's what happens when you're sleeping with people within the company office. Don't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, uh. I thought, you know me, I'm going to call it as I see it. Yeah. Um, so after that I got pulled in and I got written up for lack of communication and warranty write off. And, I called HR and I said, hey, I have concerns about this write-up. I want to talk about it. Um, met with HR over it. I brought my documents to it and I said, hey, here's my side of the story. Here's my documents. Here's my proof. This warranty or this write-up is essentially bullshit. Um, the write-up ended up getting stricken because it came to light that once they actually investigated it, that my manager at the time had lied to HR to get the write-up. Um, so after that, it, it, the whole world like just split apart. And about two weeks after that happened, I got pulled into the office. And the worst part about it was I got pulled in the day I had just hired a new technician. Like it was his first day starting and I felt so bad for that guy. Um, cause his boss was there in the morning and she was gone by the afternoon. I don't think he works there anymore. I, th I don't think he, I think he quit after that. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked because they pretty much <clears throat> sold him a like poor dream and didn't exactly meet expectations. Um, but I got pulled into the office at the end of the working day, mind you, they made me work a full day and pulled me in and said, we are releasing you due to lack of communication. Again. Again. And I was like, what are you talking about? And when I called HR and said, what the hell is going on? My, my write-up was stricken. Well, he had gone to a whole different HR representative and pulled the same lie, and they backed him. And when I brought it up to my HR representative and said, whoa, 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 time out. You guys stricken this write-up. How can I be fired for, because of this write-up when it doesn't exist anymore? And I never got an answer. Mm -mm. They pretty much cleaned up, stopped calling me back. I mean, we talked to we talked to a employment attorney here after all that happened. But being that we work in Texas and it's a right-to-work right to state, they literally could have fired me because they didn't like the color of my shirt and it would have been okay. Call out? Can I? No. Why? No, because he's already making a mess for himself. So he's saying call out because the gentleman who fired me, my field service manager at this time, he's currently going around 
pretty much every dealership trying to find a job. And he tried to use mine and my husband's name as a reference for the ag dealership here for John Deere because he knew that we had good relations with them. And that gentleman actually called Colton and said, do you know this guy? Do you recommend him? And, <laughs> you know, essentially it was, no, absolutely fucking not. Um, but he he's done a lot of shady shit. And yeah, he's ran a cup. Sorry. <laughs> My Apple Watch was like, I don't know how to say anything about that. <laughs> he, uh, the guy that called me was like, do you know this guy? I said, yeah, I actually know him very well. And I said, I told him, you know, not a good idea. And I said, on a personal reference, he came after my livelihood and I've actually got it out for him. And he said, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want it to sound like I am trashing the dealership that I came from because truly deep down that construction dealership in the grand scheme of things is a wonderful company. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the reason why we took the jobs here. Um, when we worked in John Deere, they were like the premier dealership. If you could get a job with them, like you, you needed to take it. It you was, were the, you were the bee's knees. Yeah. You, you took it and run with it. And, um, it's a really good company. I think within Texas right now, but I get messages from folks on Instagram all the time. Like, geez, this dealership you're talking sounds a lot like the dealership i work at in washington and i'm like yes (laughs) i i think when you look at it the further they get away from their home location the messier it gets because the couple times i went to headquarters oh i thought you were gonna say the statement i am so don't you worry um the couple times I actually did go to headquarters, I mean, it is a well-oiled machine. It is absolutely beautiful. It's immaculate. The locations are gorgeous. Um, the further you get away, the messier it gets. Uh. And Jesus. And the worst part about it is that they're not just locally here within the 50 states. The further you get, the messier it gets. Oh, yeah. Um, my GM that I had when I started took a took a position within the company somewhere else. And when he pretty much fulfilled the duties that that <laughs> duty <laughs> duties that the company asked of him, he pretty much asked, like, hey, I'm ready to move on to something else, as discussed after the commitments here were met and honored. I'm ready for something else. And they pretty much told him, fuck off and you can stay there. Um, which really sucked for him because I think talking with him, I think that really kind of ruined his family dynamic that he had at that time, um, which is heartbreaking, but the company is really good within Texas right now. I think until the good old boys club is run out, um, I I don't think Texas has a lot of hope, um, You'll look at it right now it, for anyone that goes and applies for it because being a competitor to them, they are handing out stupid fucking money right now to work for them. And I mean stupid fucking money. Mm-hmm. We interviewed someone from the company at some point and 
the number he wanted to leave, I thought you would have shot my my boss's dog right in front of him. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I I think that's the reason they're only staying right now, and people are they're keeping employees is because of the amount of money that they're throwing out. Yeah, there's guys with only like five years experience just getting thrown in a truck and making more money than me and i'm just like and they're calling me for help yeah it's what i mean i get it the industry right now is in the position where to hold on technicians because they're already hard to find don't get me wrong that's something we can discuss later too is to hold on to people you have to pay this these absolutely insane dollar amounts but as a as a manager when do you when do you say when oops i didn't mean to do that (laughs) i mean when do you say when truly of that's it i can't pay you more than you're actually truly worth Mm. i guess that's my own managerial managerial is that a word managerial yeah Yeah. it sounds like uh sounds like it shouldn't be but it is like a What's the word I'm looking for now? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, a, a disease or something. <laughs> but to round up Diesel Mechanic 1990s question, there were straws, there were red flags near the end that I probably should have just removed myself and moved on to something else. But, I mean, my husband will tell you, I was so emotionally attached to that place. Um, I loved every single one of my technicians they were amazing um i had a really good team i could leave and take vacation and know that my technicians would still run like a well-oiled machine and that my coworker at the time would have my back um a lot of that kept me there um there were things that i found out after i left that really disgusted me um I think pay was the biggest one for me. There was myself and one other gentleman who were probably the only original crew left in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been there, I don't I think six months or so before I had gotten there. And I found out that I was making, I think the closest person to me who'd been there for less time was making like $12,000 more a year than me. And it was kind of appalling. Um, I'm not going to use the the gender card and say it was because I was a female, but I'm I'm going to no, say you're a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to say it was probably because there was favoritism. Um, but it is what it is. We will never know. We've... We'll never know. I've closed that chapter of my book. I, if if it ever changed the dynamics politically there. I would 100% if I ever got the opportunity. I'm sure there's like a red label on my file, yeah. like don't hire her back at all. She's a bitch. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> um, if the dynamics changed politically within the state for this company, I would never tell no one not to go work for this company. I really wouldn't. I, I don't even tell technicians, you know, if that's your your path in life, the amount of money that they're throwing at technicians, the technician bonus structure that they have, it is beneficial for technicians. Yes. I will 100% back that and say that. I mean, well, are you done ranting? Sure. I'm we just can, kidding. we can rant to somewhere else. <laughs> I don't uh, even remember what the questions were. There were a couple really good ones. Um, I, I, I guess we'll like 
fork off from that one. You fork off. <laughs> and I really like Josh Davies' question. It's not really a question, but it's a statement. Mm -hmm. um, it's, hey, boss, job's done. I have a few nuts and bolts left over. Is that cool? Sure. Up upgrade. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a manager, I would probably answer that statement differently based on technical level. Um, I feel like if I had my diagnostic technician call me and tell me that, hey, I have a couple leftover, you know, nuts and bolts, I probably would not question him just because of how long he's been doing it and either he overordered or had excess. I mean, God bless parts, but I have seen parts hand out more sometimes than they were billed for. <sighs> um, I'm bored. But Josh Davies, to answer your statement, <laughs> I guess it depends on your job and your technical level. Well, he owns his own business, so you do your thing, buddy. You do you, boo. Um, What now? Oh, do you want me to keep going or do you want to sidebar off of something? Here? I don't know. I ain't got shit to talk about this week. Do you know you? I got a shit ton of stuff I could talk about if I wanted oh, to. <laughs> we also have an announcement at some point we're going to tell everybody. Um, we could probably wrap it into why you're not at Con Expo this week, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really wanted to go. I'm pretty upset. <laughs> but no. <laughs> some of that is your fault. You yeah. you kind of decided to plan this in like January. Mm. <laughs> Maybe February. That might be more generous. Sure. Um I had a question from Blue Diamond Welding. Um, he asked, what's the hardest part about your job? What's the easiest? And how often are you at odds with your techs? Mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest part of my job probably be when you have to um, collaborate with someone who has a different viewpoint of how things should get done. I am a, so at my work, we have to do like, um, it's called disc profiles. So it's figuring out our, I don't know how to describe it. Figuring out how we operate, I guess. I'm considered a high D. So I'm <laughs> very driven. I'm very direct. D. I'm very like, let's get it done. Um, I think sometimes that's the hardest. I definitely would like to say that I work well with others. But I, I also struggle sometimes when I have people that come in and just try to manhandle something without trying to understand all the. I have, mm, I don't know how much it's going to like call a person out, but I have a really big problem with somebody that says like, um, that you're bad at communication as a manager, Yeah. but them as a manager are terrible and they're really hypocritical. Oh yeah. Um, and I have worked with people like that and that's a struggle who their expectation of you is to have a certain level of communication and on the backside, their communication is abhorrent dog shit. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they feel like you have to read their mind, which I do a pretty good job of, figuring out what they're trying to get at yeah but you're also super fucking smart and every email that you send out you cc somebody in it and if they try to call you out they're like, you're like no bitch look at right here i got it yeah and that's more just because of the fact that it's so bad but 
from the last dealership I worked at, I had to learn how to protect myself and to make sure that there was extreme clarity on it because there were some departments that were so out there to fucking get you or really to fucking make sure that their asses were covered. I mean, I had a salesman that fucking everyone was shit, but everything he did was fucking perfect, but no one would fuck with him or touch him because of how much goddamn much money he made for the company. I mean, that bothered me a lot. Um, easy. Does that answer that question? Hardest I don't know. part of my job? I don't know. <laughs> What's the easiest? Uh, well, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I forgot what else there was to that. Like, how do you collaborate with your technicians or something? How often are you at odds with your odds. techs? Um, easiest part of my job? Meetings. <laughs> like, well, what about your office that you sit up and all by yourself? That's easy, right? You get to fuck off if you want. No. So <laughs> I wouldn't say that's easy. So um, our company is trying something different. Um, they're allowing individuals to work uh, closer to their homes. So for me, that shifted my office more to the west side of the Metroplex here, which is nice because I was originally driving, I mean, almost an hour or more some days to get to my office at the time, which... When I took the job, it wasn't a huge change because, oddly enough, my, Just around the corner. my former dealership was literally right around the block. So it wasn't like a huge change when I took the job. Uh, but it's definitely a benefit now. I mean, I know it drives Colton crazy. I don't bitch about my pay because I am not spending as much in fuel now. Why does it drive me crazy? What do you mean? Well, just because, <clears throat> you know, I'm like, I am the worst I will raise my hand over here and say that I will tell people always to advocate themselves, advocate for themselves when it comes to pay. I will not do it for myself. No, the big problem I have with you <laughs> is when it's 111 outside and humid as fuck and you're like, my heater just shut off in my office. I'm so cold. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I think I've gotten better at not no. complaining. The other to day you, you were at home while I was working and I was super dog shit tired and I'm so mad at the dog right now. He just woke <laughs> me up from my nap. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like so first world problems. I'm so sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to complain to you about things because I know you'll get mad. But look at your bars on this versus mine. You're so loud. This is gonna be all fucked up. <laughs> God. I try not to complain to you about things because of the fact that I realize that your job is more physically demanding than mine, and you're outside in the elements and everything. But my job is more mentally taxing than Shut yours. Up. <laughs> just, just try working on. with Steven. <laughs> Poor I'm Steven, he's getting ragged on. <laughs> um, in regards to easiest, though, truly, I, I think meetings to me are the easiest. Sometimes I feel like we're just there to be there. There are a lot of beneficial meetings that I sit in on, um, but meetings. Um, definitely my commute now is the easiest part of my job. Uh, I don't know. Don't look at me. I can't help you. 
I don't, can't think of anything else. Okay. I mean, other easiest is I definitely have dynamics with my technicians that makes it easier so that I'm not hopefully as blindsided when questions come about. I have a good relationship with the group that I have here. Let your, um, your technicians get their windows tinted. <laughs> Y'all are out here trying to start fucking fights, aren't you? <laughs> Leave me out of that. I'm not in that debacle. Um, the I think that opens the perfect window, though, to that third part of the question of how often are you at odds with your technicians? Um, not often, but there are times when I am at um, odds with my technicians. And a lot of it is situations where my hands are so tied and I don't, I, I don't have anything I can do about it or fix it. So... Those are the times. I'm so sorry. The stupid dog keeps licking my elbow. <laughs> she just wants you to know she likes you. Mm. Um, I think those are the times that I'm at odds with my technicians are when there are things that I am so out of, uh, unable to do anything. Though Those are probably the times. Because um, the way I'm structured at my company, I do have a lot of decision making that I can make in my role my manager will back me in a lot of things and a lot of um decisions that I make but there are some higher up decisions that I I I can't make perfect example is the window tinting on the trucks um that's been a huge topic of discussion lately within our company um in the past it was at managerial discretion of what they could do with that we now have a fleet department and a dot department that works hand in hand together and they make a lot of those calls and their current consensus on it is that they can't tint but they can do ceramic coating on the windows yeah because that totally fucking works um I don't know. I have never seen the ceramic at work. I have never actually seen it on a truck. I don't know what it looks like. I know the one time that we did attempt to put the ceramic on the windows, it failed a DOT window inspection. But that's because they put the ceramic over the tint that was already on the truck instead of ripping the tint off. So it made it super dark. So when I used to work for the Steelership... <clears throat> They wouldn't let us get our window t windows tinted. So we would just go pay for it ourselves. And if we got a ticket for window tint, then we'd pay the ticket. That's the easiest way to do it. But nobody ever fucked with us in our window tint because they understood we were out in the field. Yeah. Um, I know that at latest meeting, literally like Thursday, we had a meeting about this. Um at, um, at, sorry. at latest, sorry, it's a bad habit I have. It's because my brain is not process, or my brain is processing faster than my mouth, and my mouth can't get it out quick enough. Giggity. Idiot. So at latest, it was the decision of if you want to tint your truck windows, you can, but it's out of your pocket. You mm -hmm. have to do it, and you are responsible for the ticket and whatever happens. That's kind of my opinion of if you want to tint your truck windows, go and tint your truck windows. But I really don't think it should be the company's responsible because the trucks are leaving the factory with the highest rate of tint they're legally to have on them. 
You get you a badass boss like mine and he'll pay to have them done. Well, that's because you also work for a private company. Can you try to imagine the size of our company tinting that many trucks and then paying for tickets? Well, also, I don't have to run DOT numbers that's inside true, of my truck no more. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the difference of that, too. I don't give a shit. It's still pa- it's darker than legal. I know. But I know. anyway, I, uh, well, I, the window tint's stupid. Window tint's stupid. Okay. That, there's the... <laughs> There's the consensus over here. Window tint is stupid. Um, another question I had. What are some things about your job that we as technicians don't understand? Um, Would you like to answer that? Because you hear me complain about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We as technicians don't understand. I say from both sides, I've seen it. Okay. Uh, technicians don't really understand the backside of what you have to deal with as far as, let's just say you have eight technicians. I have a total of 13 right 13. Now. Okay, 13 technicians. You have to dispatch those guys' jobs. They write their jobs up. You have to close those jobs out. Meanwhile, dealing with salesmen, I'm not going to call them out by what they are because I don't know what they are for their cat. PSSRs? PSSRs for cat. Dealing with upper management, part stuff. What else? What am warranty stuff? Warranty, yeah. Or just an interdepartmental. Tech, and the technician sitting back, like, why haven't they called me back yet? <laughs> I am, yeah. So I always feel so bad because as of late, it feels like I've been in a lot of meetings. And I try to give my technicians a heads up on the day that I know I'm either going to be sitting on interview panels. Or the days I know that I have meetings or trainings that I will be in. So I try to make a game plan ahead of time. Am I perfect? No, because there have been times where I get meetings thrown on me literally last minute. Um, I always try to tell them, too, that if you can't get <laughs> Sorry, a Sorry, the um. um. I know, I know. Oh, my God. I always try to tell them, too, that if you can't get a hold of me via phone call, please text me. I will promise I can at least text you back. Even if I'm sitting in a meeting or an interview panel, I will text you back. Uh, I also think some of the things, I mean, you make a good point. There are a lot of moving pieces within my day that a lot of technicians do not see. When we dispatch you out to a job you're pretty much set. You're good to go for the day. You have your job and you continue on your way. I think I have maybe a higher expectation for my technicians just because of maybe how I was trained, raised, everything like that. I expect you that when I hand you that job, I hope you have the tools you need to go do your job. I hope you have the contacts you need to go do your job. If you don't, I'm going to help you get the contacts you need. But I expect you to be a whole different level of technician if you're in a field truck mm-hmm. um i've gotten so much heat for it in the past but it is 100 true this is not a daycare center um <laughs> you jesus christ it's the only way to describe it though to be in a field truck the expectations are so much higher that is why y'all are considered the best of the best that is why y'all make more money um you the expectations are higher than if you were in the shop (laughs) 
Nice. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. I expect you to be able to handle your shit and get your shit done. Yeah. I, I will help you. I it's not it. a problem. You've had a couple of technicians thrown on you that you said weren't qualified to be in a truck and they proved you correct, but nobody wanted to listen to you. That's uh, another portion. Yeah. I think too, the other struggle that we have in my role is when we do interview people for the role, it is so unbelievably hard to gauge based off an interview, the qualifications and how well someone would do in the role. Well, look at the guy we just hired recently that we were planning on letting go, but he decided to let himself go. Yeah. Told us, oh yeah, you know, I'm good at work on yellow iron all this stuff and it's like bro yeah it's um it's a struggle but there are so many i mean back to the question there are so many different pieces i think specifically though you are right colton oh i know (laughs) you guys have your jobs you go do your jobs you write up your paperwork you go to your next job um for example with my 13 technicians i have i have over half of those are residents. So they have a customer that they report to every day. One of those residents or two, sorry, two of those customers have two residents each. So that's four technicians locked up there. And one of them is one of the largest companies within the Metroplex. And on good days, we'll call it a good day, on good days, they can turn anywhere from six to 12 machines between the two of them. So say we do that five times a week on the high side, 10, let's say 10, that's 50 work orders just between two individuals that they can flip. And come summertime, that's not an unrealistic number. So as a service supervisor or manager, our expectation from my current manager in place is that we don't have more than anywhere from 60 to 80 active work orders at a time going. Mm. I mean, I just left work on Friday and I had been off for about a week and I had texted Colton and I said, well, I started the day with 126 work orders after being gone for a week and I'm leaving the day with 84, was it? I think 84 work orders still open. 83, I don't remember. And that gave me some anxiety. (laughs) But, I mean, I know we'll get there. We do have to manage a lot of parts. Things you don't see is we will go chase parts. I know for myself personally, I'll go chase any parts that are backordered or try to figure out when they're going to be here. Uh, I will go, you know, meet with a parts department, try to go figure out why parts aren't returned. Go to different locations for interviews. Yeah, I will travel a lot sometimes. I'm not always strictly in my one office, which that's fine. It gets me out of my office because you are right. You had mentioned it earlier. I am in a fishbowl by myself with like two other people up there. So I don't get a whole lot of social interaction, which doesn't really bother me. Yeah. And then she sends me TikToks and stuff while she's working. Yeah. I also listened to a lot of murder and true crime podcasts throughout the day. Hmm. Makes me feel good. <laughs> um, but um, I know. Sorry, it's me. My brain right. processing. I did a YouTube video yesterday, and I said, uh, "What was I saying in that?" I don't know. You uh, mentioned it to me last. I night. forgot. I said it so many times, and I was rewatching the video. I'm like, "Have you ever gone like when you, you name it?" That's when, what I was saying. When you go back and listen to yourself, and you 
you listen to yourself and you're like, God, Jesus, what am I saying? Yeah. Uh, well, I know I'm more educated sounding than that. So last week I did my podcast with Brian and released it last Sunday. And, and he said something and I totally was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I was already in my next topic thought process of... And he was like, wow, you sound really enthused. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I go back and listen and critique the shit on myself. Your brain's just processing. This is tough. But yeah, I, I listen to every podcast. Like if I release it on Sunday, I listen to it Monday morning, even though I listen to it while I edit it and all that shit. But I like to listen to what it sounds like on the radio. And yeah, I'm like, why did I say that? Or you sound stupid, or you didn't talk loud enough, or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, do, 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 Did you forget do, what you were going to say? No, I I feel like I wrapped that question up pretty well. Just that there are so many moving pieces on top of the fact that we're dealing with customer pieces that y'all don't see or experience. I mean, I've got one customer that we will often go toe-to-toe every single bill just because he's curious to see how much money he can always get off of it every time. Well, every time. So I just um, can't make you happy today with the sound of my voice. That's every day. <laughs> that that question came from, I'm going to mess that up. I think it's Bowd1992. B-O-U-D-1992. Oh, sorry. No, that was, uh, that was Ryan Z. Sorry. Oh. Ryan Z. Wow, you... I really <sighs> fucked that up. Uh, the next question will come from Bowd1992. Is it Bode? Bode? I don't know. I don't know. I know who he is. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, his question was, how do you support your field mechanic on the home front? Is that me? I guess, yeah. Or is that your technicians? No, I think... What does that mean, home front? I think he means in the dynamic of me also being the wife of a field mechanic. How Mm. do I support them? Well, we already talked about that. I can do both. It's cold in my office. (laughs) I can answer both sides of it. Um, I'm sure my technicians get really tired of my statements that I make to them of the fact that, you know, I understand a lot more of their dynamic of their world just because I am married to a field mechanic, I like to consider it an advantage. So I do know what battles, I guess, they're up against being in a field truck and also coming to work and being a field mechanic. So I try to support them in a couple different ways. Um, I am an individual that as long as you're giving me enough heads up that you need time off or your kid has a graduation, kid has a doctor's appointment, you're going to be in later for work because you have some family stuff going on, I'm going to be the individual that supports you. Uh, I like to make sure that I'm getting my technicians home safe. I will say that I am my own worst enemy of I need to be better sometimes of checking in with them throughout the day. Uh, I need to text them more often or call them to make sure they got home. I am my own worst enemy sometimes in that department where I expect that if I'm not hearing anything, good news or no news is good news kind of thing. Or they're dead. Yeah. Or they're dead. Also. Um, (laughs) but I also, in regards to you, 
I know what dynamics you're going through every day. So that makes me a little more understanding. Uh, There are some individuals that I've worked with in the past who I think forget that they do sit in an office and it is AC or heated or whatever and y'all are out in the elements and turning that wrench for 10, 12 hours a day I am not going to be that individual or if you pulled 60 hours by the time you hit Friday that I'm going to push you to work on a Saturday because of X and Y, Z reasons. Do you know what's awesome too about being a female boss? No. Is like you get, I don't know if you've dealt dealt with it at your current job, but at the old job, technicians' wives having an issue of them working for a female. Yeah, that... That part was a struggle. And I think that's only happened here more in the South than when we worked in California. Talk louder. Stop mumbling. Sorry. That has only been more apparent here in the South versus when we worked in California. When we worked in California, I never had any issues in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, though, here in the South, I've had more apparent issues. I mean, the first week I worked at the John Deere dealership here, I had a customer ask why I was not at home raising babies. Like blatantly just asked that and asked what was wrong with my husband. (laughs) Like I, he's a piece of shit. (laughs) I have my own bills to pay, sir. Like I can't, you know, uh, I did, I did have a technician at the construction dealer here at John Deere that, we, it took us a bit to get to a point where we could have a working relationship and it took truly an ass chewing, I feel like, to get to there of him finally saying like, you know, I have a struggle working with you because my wife doesn't like I have my, or that my wife does not like that I have a female boss. And that was probably the only time I liked my field service manager when he just looked at him and pretty much told him like, then either you can get the fuck out of the truck or you can go the fuck somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like that was probably the only time I really liked this guy because it was, I was absolutely dumbfounded to find out that like all of the issues I had with this guy and never answering his phone, never answering text messages would only talk to me in person, but would only talk to me in person if there was a male, uh, I guess, third person there. It was... It was insane. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. So let's move on. Unless there's more questions. Is that everything? I think those are the important ones. This is going to be not a crazy long episode, peoples. Uh, We do have a reason why I'm not at Con Expo. I keep wanting to say Top Con. Dumbass. Close enough for government work. Uh, It's my wife's fault. She's trapping me. You're an idiot. We have recently found out that we are having a baby. (laughs) He uh, took something serious that I was just poking fun at. Giggity. I was poking the fun, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so we're having a kid. So all big plans like Con Expo are on hold. Um, I will say that we did at least legitimately try. But you also waited till February to well, try to book everything. I kind of had to with all the shit that was going on. Uh, I don't know. It's 
I'm not happy about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this will be child number three for me. He's not happy because he's not at Con Expo. Let's yeah. clarify that. Everybody's there. I'm mad. I'm upset. Like, I promise, though, that he will be at the next one. He informed me that it's what every... Th- I don't even know. Is it every three People years? People keep telling or? me different shit. Is it every three years? Every Hold year? Hold on. I'm asking the Google machine while oh. you talk. But yes, we are having a kid. A little, should we tell him what it is? Sure, go for it. It is a boy. It says it's every three years, FYI. Every three, okay. So there you go. I'll be there in three years if you guys still like me. <laughs> we'll have him there, I promise. So we're going to have a little certified. A little certified. Uh, big I- my, my son Noah, big brother, he is, hey. I guess kind of excited about it he's 13 (laughs) (laughs) he's he don't care yeah Yeah, whatever as long as i don't have to deal with the damn thing (laughs) he's he's more excited that it was a boy and not a girl yeah (laughs) um i think though you should definitely make it clear that nothing will change in regards to the podcast there will still be episodes will i maybe disappear for a while probably but you don't even never mind i know i don't even post as it is but like even more or less <laughs> there won't be much of me around maybe mm. i like to take naps obviously yes <laughs> anyway i think i'm gonna wrap this thing up nice short little test episode hopefully everything works out good hopefully you guys like it I'm it sorry, sounds it's good so boring <laughs> i i will say though i, I say it a lot of times Please, if there's any questions I can answer from someone from a manager's viewpoint that maybe will help you work through things with whatever manager you have at the point in time, I'm talking with my hands. He's making fun of me. Thank God there's no video of this. Oh, that she knows of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Please don't hesitate. I I will answer people's questions. Uh, If you sent me something and it's in the request and I don't answer within like two or three days, Please send it again or send it to him and say, hey, I've tried to reach out to this crazy lady and she's not answering because sometimes Instagram will not notify me if someone has sent me a message. So please don't hesitate. I will answer. And if I can give advice or tell you things I've done in the past that didn't work and tell you not to do, we'll totally do that too. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to these folks that helped uh, towards the new sound board. Um, and hopefully people keep donating because it's nice being able to provide, you know, new equipment. I still want to update a couple other things, uh, including getting a laptop because carrying this goddamn Apple computer around <laughs> has been a pain in the ass. You picked it. You had options. I know. I know. Uh Anyway, Joe Cashin did kind of a joke. He sent me 99 cents and said, don't spend it all in one place, (laughs) asshole. Um, Jordan Brown uh, made a nice donation. Ethan Hines. Chris O'Daniel, he was on the the podcast with us. Alex Kraft. uh, We actually have to get back to him on his email. Yeah, I have it in here, and I've been thinking of how to help with that answer. And Zeth Key. My boy, ZK Master Tech, thank you guys so much. I already gave a shout-out to Chris. Uh, you guys helped a brother out. Uh, this thing was not cheap, but it is one of the best. So, 
anyway. definitely makes so far it seems like it's made this episode run a lot smoother I, I hope but I'll go back and listen to it and we'll see but uh, if you guys need to get a hold of me or Mrs. Certified uh, you right yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. well first of all you can find her on Instagram Mrs. Certified Wrench right yep uh, you can find me on Instagram Certified Wrench underscore podcast or Facebook Certified Wrench Podcast. Email is Certified Wrench Podcast at gmail.com. I had a bunch of people fill out forms for questionnaires. I just sent them out to everybody. Oh my God, there was like 40 that I sent out. Does that <laughs> um, mean I'm reading questionnaires? <laughs> no, I send them out and just got to sift through everything because there's a couple. I'm like, no. Nah. Because, you know, it's like I send you guys. A really good questionnaire, I think, in my opinion. I should probably change it up, but then they get back. I like Chevys. I work on trucks. Um, anyway, that's enough of that. Merch line is out. Check out my new YouTube video. I did a truck tour finally for everybody, even though I did not want to. Uh, I think it turned out okay. I'm not very good at that stuff. I'm not very good behind the camera, I don't think. I'm still trying to learn. Um... What else? What else? What did I forget? I said merch. Blah, blah, blah. That's it. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, you got anything else, woman? I think that's it. Hopefully people aren't too bored. bored? <laughs> I was yawning the whole time. I know, but that's because I woke you up last night. Sorry if I forgot anything in this episode or didn't talk about something you wanted. Uh, we will catch it next time, I guess. Until then, we will see you guys. Bye, y'all.